We are the men in maroon. One is a Salopian and the other loves a day out in the toon. But both of us are united as jambos. We travel from Edinburgh to Dundee to Glasgow. Daz and the Manus, we are going for a footballing tango. Welcome to the Men in Maroon podcast with Daz and the Manus. Hi, welcome to episode 10 of season 2 of the Men in Maroon podcast. And this week we have a guest instead of Anas who is away on his jollies. Hi, guest. Hello. Our guest this week's Hippo. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Are you feeling all jam tarty and jamboy and full of hearts? Oh, absolutely. I put on my best strip just for today. I would say I'm letting the side down. I'm not wearing hearts colours today. <laughs> I suck. Uh, well, just for those who don't know you, let's find out about your heart's fandom. When did it all begin? So, I am technically a hearts fan through birth. Um, there was no choice for me about football teams. It was either you support hearts or you support nobody <laughs> in my household. Um So my dad, lifelong Hearts fan, had been going to the games all of his life. And he was the one that kind of like, house husband. So he he looked after me. Yeah. And I think we got to, I was maybe about three years old. And I used to break my heart every time he left on a Saturday. And so his best mate turned to him and went, we'll take them along a game. They'll hate it. And that's all we have to do. They'll never want to go back. (laughs) And I was three years old, just about to turn four. So you're talking 99, 2000, roughly. And they took me to a Hearts, Hibs, uh, sort of like reserve game. I think Uh, it was like the the Festival Cup or the Festival Shield. And the minute I stepped foot in Tyne Castle, I fell in love. And it's been 22 coming up for three years now. Uh, 22 years as a season ticket holder, 23 since my first game. Wow. Yep. You've been a season... That's impressive. Especially for someone of our generation to have been a season ticket holder that long. Yeah. Got my first season ticket, 2000. Wow. That's impressive. And have you always been a main stander? Yes. So we were in the old stand in Section T and we're in the new stand in Section T. We just moved with the stand, basically. That's good. Uh, how how, uh, how are you, like, row-wise? Are you different rows, or...? Mm, we're row 20. Yeah. So we're about where we used to be in the old stand. It was, you know, much shallower and much of a different layout. Um, but we're about same sort of, like, height as we were. That's There's not impressive. massive pillars in front of us now, which is nice, but... Yeah, I sat in the old main stand twice, and, yeah, I'm glad I chose the wheat field at that point. <laughs> I miss those pillars sometimes. What? They block out a world of sin. <laughs> uh, I, don't know, I don't know if many people would agree with you there. Missing the pillars. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you must have seen some players, and who, who's been your favourite Hearts players over the years that you've seen? I mean, I'm a goalkeeper person. 
have always been a goalkeeper person. So my, oh God, first Hearts goalkeeper would have been Auntie Nemi. And he was something else to experience. And then Craig Gordon, obviously. I've seen, I've seen so many, honestly, Rudy. I just, like, it's hard to think about it in terms of, like, players and stuff. And I know people have, like, I guess their favourite players of all time. I've never really been like that. Just goalkeepers, usually. <laughs> Just goalkeepers, not even Rudy or anyone like that. Is... I mean, my favourite players went Auntie Nemi and then probably Craig Gordon. Oh. There was maybe, I maybe loved Tepe Moylinen at some point. <laughs> that, that one, of, one of the three probably features on most people's list, but the other two. Pretty no. unique. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I had a Larry Kingston phase, which was misguided. Wow. Um, not so misguided. He wasn't as bad. He might not have been as bad because I was young at the time, but he doesn't as bad as I think some people remember him. Um, Ryan McGowan. That was the other big one. McGowan, always McGowan. Um, which is unfortunate for me now because it took me the 86th minute to realise that he plays for St Johnston. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> it's on the pitch all the time, and I didn't realise. So that's poor, poor McGowan. Um, there's not really anyone else. I had a, a Zal phase, like most people do, but yeah. it was mostly goalkeepers. Just did you ever? Well, not did you ever. What? What was it about the keepers? What? What drew you to them? I'm, I'm intrigued because I've never been a big goalkeeper fan, apart from Craig Gordon. So I'm, I'm intrigued to know what the alert of a goalkeeper is? I think for me personally is my dad was a goalkeeper. Right. Which he was also like five foot four and tiny and small and Scottish. So he, I'm not saying he was a great goalkeeper, but he always kind of brought me up on an appreciation of goalkeepers. Okay. Um, and I'm probably lucky that Hearts had so many good goalkeepers when I was younger because it caught my eye and it, just sort of stuck around like I don't think goalkeepers get as much credit as they should in football because I know they're not doing all of the running around and the speed and stuff but the athleticism and like the flexibility you need to be a decent goalkeeper is probably something else it kind of shows that because most of them now play for a really really long time like into their 40s so it shows that they are the best athletes I'd say on the pitch it's a long job, and if you're good at it, then you're good at it, and if you're bad at it, you're bad at it. If you're bad at it, then you're Joel Pereira. Oh, don't don't bring him up. I feel so bad, because I'm sure he's a lovely laddie, but God, he was awful. He came in with so much like promise, though. Like, he was so highly rated at Man United, and then... I don't know who he was friends with, with Man United, but he friends with somebody to get that sort of like talk up and then to be that bad oh, he was stinking it, <laughs> like hearts tried to big him up and stuff but it, no it just didn't work he, even bobby made him look oh god, good. god. <laughs> we had a run of some really poor goalkeepers unfortunately before we got craig gordon back and Every day now, I say a little prayer and a little thanks to God for just giving Craig Gordon back to hearts because it's changed us completely as a team. And I'm so much happier now not to have to make the we need a new goalkeeper comment after every single game. Oh, you wait until we discuss um, 
what kind of players we need to sign. I'll, I'll let let you know what I feel about that then. No comment now, but I'm going to... thoughts on it. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll let you know. I'll let you know later. Uh, so, this episode is the podcast equivalent of Halftime Chocolate Club. For people who don't know what that is, let listeners know what Halftime Chocolate Club is. Halftime Chocolate Club's an interesting concept and one purely, I think, of my own and, well, my dad's creation. So my dad had diabetes and we went to every single Hearts game together from when I was four years old up until when he passed away in 2016, 2016, I think. And it was just that he needed to have something to eat at halftime. So he started taking sweets and with me being like a child at the time, Obviously, sweets make some football games so much better. Um, And then it became, well, if I'm having a chocolate bar and he's having a chocolate bar, then we should get a chocolate bar from Uncle Davey that went with us. And then we brought my mate Ryan from school. He started going with us and so on and so forth until everybody around us was getting chocolate at halftime. And then the chocolate around about the 2006 Cup final-ish, so like 2005-2006, ended up having its own sort of like superstition attached to it. It became, well, we won the Cup and we only had twirls that entire season. So in order to keep the luck going, we have to pick a chocolate bar at the start of the season and stick to it. Um, we're whispers this year, funny whispers. enough. Whispers. Um, which also include Whisper Gold. So nice. there's some variation there, um, but you just you pick your chocolate, you stick to it, you get one chance a season to change it, and that's uh, after the Hibs game at New Year's, right? That January second, because usually we have that winter break. You can switch then, but only if that we've lost like a set number of games. Right. So okay, I get the rules now. I'm. I'm. I'm my inclusion in it is that I get an orange dairy-free chocolate bar. So does that mean I get to change later in the season? You can, but only again after that January 2nd Hibs game and only if we've lost a set number of games. I quite like the orange chocolate, so I'm probably going to stick. It's one of those things where it has to be like a set number of games because it has to feel like we're attempting to change the luck. And it's it's a little insane and it's one of I think many superstitions I've been carrying around with me for years but it makes me feel better about it and it doesn't doesn't uh, I don't think I think there's probably loads of fans that have got superstitions and it's not one of the worst ones and it's quite cool because like you said if your dad's passed away but it's still something that you and your dad did that yeah. you're still carrying on which is which is kind of cool as well I also think the kids that sit between um, my, like me and my uncle now love it too because they get chocolate and the lassie behind us also gets chocolate. And <laughs> it's, good. You kind of want to sit around about us in section T because there is a chocolate bar guaranteed for you at halftime. You watch now they'll be uh, inundated the ticket office and there'll be like thousands of people wanting to move to section T row 20. <laughs> what is yeah. this all about? All your fault. <laughs> yeah, unfortunate because that would get very expensive. It's not halftime chocolate club is not cheap. <laughs> I can imagine, especially... especially when we're playing so many games in such like a short amount of time. Yeah, you must be hoping for like that we'd get beat 
in the League Cup and whatnot, and they're like, right, just just cut some of the games out. Yeah. I have thoughts about the League Cup that we're going to leave alone. So. Oh, good, good. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> well, it's also today is Heart and Soul Day, the first anniversary. Is. Which is the, is a big thing for the club. Uh, for I believe they announced that we've gone over fourteen million has been donated, which is pretty good. Yeah, seeing how much debt we were in under Romanov, which was believed to be twenty six up to twenty six million. Yeah, it, a really rough time. <laughs> yeah, so to to be honest, to turn it around and fourteen million, I think I don't think there's another club in Britain anyway that could even touch us for. How good no. a fan base we are. We have a very, very, very special set of fans. Yeah, and I, I think, I, I don't know about you, but it, it's a big, like, to me, since being an outsider coming in, mm-hmm. it feels like being accepted into a family. It's not just a football club. It's like, there's more to it. Like you said, yeah. with yourself handing out chocolate to people sitting around you, you, you build these little, like, pockets of friends. and I just think it's brilliant. It's how I've always described it to people when they ask, because I get a lot of why football, especially uh, growing up. It was always, well, you're a lassie. Why football? Why not dance or something else or makeup and all that sort of stuff? And for me, it was always, it's family. The people that sit around us have sat around us for years. I know and wave to maybe about 60 or 70 people every time I'm walking along Gorgie on match day. I know tons of people that go to away games and supporters buses and all that. It just feels like a family. Yeah, I think it, I think unless you have either a been to more than a handful of games or you're a season ticket holder, I think it's hard to describe to someone who just doesn't get it what it means. Because I I was saying to people uh, that don't get footballers like there's people that I speak to and I'll speak to in the street for ages and I don't even know their names but I, I, I'll i happily speak to them for hours but it's because every Saturday or Thursday or Tuesday we sit together for two hours and you just get to know these people really well you don't even need to know each other's names it's just that yeah, it's all one big happy family it is we have our ups and downs as I think any family does but it is mostly for the best part just joy and love and happiness Exactly. We've not got a big heart on our badge for a reason. It's it's a big heart because I feel the love at Tyne Castle. <laughs> yeah. Tagline there. If I see that, <laughs> if I see that anywhere else, I'm claiming my expenses. If hearts start using it, it's a shit one anyway. Charge but... a fee. <laughs> <laughs> but on to the football. You unfortunately missed our European escapades because you got an injury. I... Yes, I'm injured, uh, like <clears throat> most of the Hearts players currently I am, in fact, injured. Similar injury to one of the Hearts players. Yeah. Yeah, it's the same area. But did you watch, <laughs> on, did you watch it on telly? So I did, sort of. Um, I watched it in a Discord server I run called Gabe Night. And we do most Hearts games that I can't go to that are available to stream together. Yeah. So we watched it together and then, of course, BBC Scotland bit the dust for the last 10, 15 minutes. Um, I saw most of it. So, so did did you did it just not come back on? The feed just never returned? I'm sure it did. But 
I don't want to say I was stressed out about the game. I don't handle watching games that I could be at on TV well. It's just not something that as a football fan I'm capable of doing, basically. I'm with you on that one. I have a lot of feelings and a lot of emotions and they're not ones that can really be bottled up in four room, like four walls in a room. Um, I had to apologise several times for the amount of shouting I was doing <laughs> to the poor, poor people uh, in the game night voice call that I was watching with because I got a little bit intense and quite loud about it. I can see um, why, especially in the first half. Us missing umpteen chances. Oh, God. I love hearts, will always love hearts, but it's something that's been a thing since I started watching them. It's just we don't take as many chances as we should. No. We just don't. But we've got, we had the players on the pitch and this last season just gone and now we ha- I feel is the best attacking like line that I've seen in a long time at hearts and it was just like, Come on, you can do it against, say, Dundee United, for example, but we just need one of those to go in and it just wasn't going to happen, I don't think. I think we could no. have played all night and I don't think we would have scored. We, it felt very unlucky. We had a lot of shots, um, sort of from Boyce specifically, if I recall. Um, that that header. Oh. Yeah. I just think sometimes it's a case of hit it first time. Yeah. We do a lot of bringing it forward and into the box when we maybe should have taken the shot at it just outside of the box. Yeah, I'm glad you said because there was, I think there was two chances I remember where Boyce got it in the box and he could have taken it to the right, but he chose the left. And then Alan Forrest had a chance where he could have just looked up and hit it with his second touch, but he decided to take another touch and then got it through the keeper. I don't, I don't want to say it's a Robbie Nielsen-specific thing, this, but it feels like it might be because we were doing it last season too. We just don't take the first shot. We should. No. Yeah, um, yeah. We did it all last season, specifically toward the end of last season. We were pretty heavy in for it. I think maybe with the right player, it might not be as much of an issue, but we get a little bit tangled up in ourselves in that final third. Yeah, where where rather than just getting the shot off, we just like to take an extra couple of touches, maybe yeah. to get the possession count up. It feels like, like I mean, it 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 was just one of those where with every shot that we had, I just thought we're we're not scoring tonight. It's not not going to happen. It's just one of those evenings, and it was gutting. It was annoying, but yeah. I thought I still thought we played well. I thought we did too. We played surprisingly well. Um, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I just sometimes think that European games, sometimes in Scottish football specifically, teams don't turn up for. No. Um, and I think we played really well. I thought Devlin looked fantastic. Superb. Um, I thought Forrest did too, actually. Yeah, and Cochrane, I thought, had a good game. He did. I think it's all there, or at least it was all there. It was just a chance, a case of didn't take enough chances, didn't take enough shots right away, came off unlucky, and then, well, the second half. <laughs> oh, it, it, it was one of those, I think if we'd gone 1-0 up at half-time, I think it would have 
their team talk would have been different. They came out, obviously, had a chance to change it up. And then Mr. Grant decided to do what on earth was going well, through his mind. But I have thoughts on this too, and I don't know that anybody necessarily is going to agree with me. But the first booking that he took was not a booking. No. So I think that probably sets him up a little bit in a better light for me because I don't think he did it maliciously I'm not thinking he did it actually to try and get the penalty as much as other people did and I don't know if it's just because I've seen it back a couple of times I don't think I can blame the laddie because if that had been a Scottish League game he would have gotten the penalty and I think that's the thing is it's a different standard of refereeing and Scottish refereeing is for all of its faults a little bit on the not world class side should we say and I think for some players, they get used to that standard of refereeing. And when you hit European sort of football games on that stage like that, you can sometimes forget that not all referees are as neglectful in certain areas as Scottish referees are. Yeah, definitely. And I, I thought think that that's probably what hurt him. I don't think it's the case of the laddie was thought I'll take a dive here. I think he went down because he felt the contact and the referee gave him the second booking, despite the fact he shouldn't have been booked in the first place. But Yeah, I thought I just thought from where I was sat in the wheat field, I thought Stonewall penalty. But then upon watching it back, I was like, right, okay, it's it, it, it was yeah. I, I think if if that had been given against Hearts, I would have been absolutely raging. But it, it as a as you said, I think because of the substandard refereeing we're used to, we think right that's the penalty. But then you've got to remember we're in a completely different uh, scenario now. We got different styles of refereeing and whatnot. And yeah. it's. You notice it sometimes, and I don't watch a lot of them, but um, the Celtic and Rangers European games, yep. you notice it there too, that there's just, I think, a big difference in the way that Scottish football is played and other European countries play football. So the referees are completely different and it does, I think, affect us. Apart from that one decision there, I that one thing that we did there where, we, where Grant went down a little bit too easily, I... Don't know about you, but the la- this season I've noticed that we're a little bit too honest for our own good. Where other teams are trying to sway the referees a little bit, we are very much. If we go down, it doesn't get given. We get straight back up. Yeah, it's again. I think it's very hearts. Yeah. Um. There's a saying, at least in my family, the easy way, the hard way, and the hearts way. And it's pretty much just that. It's that there's an easy way to do things, a hard way to do things, and then there's the hearts way, which is ridiculously complicated, but we'll still get it done most of the time. And that, I think, also factors into the honesty that we have with if we go down and it's not given, we pop right back up. It's we don't do that. We don't play into the referee and we don't roll about when we don't need to and stuff like that. It's just the way it's always been with us, I think. At least as far back as I can remember. And I don't know if it's to do with just the way and the way hearts are, the club and stuff like that, but it's always been like that. We just don't dive in stuff. And I'm sure there's 
fans of other teams that say we will and we do but I don't think we're as bad as certain other teams and players in the league no far from it I don't think so what uh what I was wanting to ask you because you watched it on tv Mm -hmm. how did the atmosphere come across on tv it was loud and you could hear every word good Um, I'm glad you said that at points in time, I was singing along with the Hearts fans. Good, because um, I heard after leaving Tynecastle, there was a guy standing on the corner. I might murder this, but on is it by the Merchiston Club? Oh, Merky, hi. Yeah, uh, they were stood, stood there and he was shouting at Hearts fans walking past saying, that atmosphere was shite. Why, didn't, why, why weren't you singing? I was, and then a boy turned to him and went, well, why didn't you start a song then? And then he just went, because I couldn't, I wasn't even there. And then he goes, well, shut up then. <laughs> and then the guy, but then other people on Twitter, and a lot of people were complaining, saying that uh, we are, we didn't sing, we only sang for a couple of minutes. But inside the ground, I felt that it was constant. And I'm glad you said that it came across on TV as well. It felt constant to me. And I think the other thing is... Um... People say a lot about Tynecastle, at least Hearts fans say a lot that Tynecastle's too quiet. I think it just depends on the game and the atmosphere and what's going on in the park a lot for us. But when we have nights like that, you can hear it. And I'm sure it felt as electric because yeah. it felt electric to be watching it on TV. And I've never been so sad about missing a game. <laughs> I'm, I feel your pain because I had to miss the... St Mirren game in the Scottish Cup last last season and oh. I was watching on TV and yeah it, it it sucked to put it nicely it was it was horrible you just I just especially when the camera pans around and you see like empty seats or whatever and you're like I should be there but yeah, yeah. you can't help it but I was like for my first Hearts European game I I was I stood up and I got goosebumps like how loud it was before kickoff and the twirly and everything. I was like, okay, this is what everyone's been talking about, saying how special European night is. I've been to European games with other teams, but because they're not my team, it I didn't it feel the no. Much, yeah. But I was wow, it was amazing. I thought it was superb, and as much as they got grief, the Zurich fans did add to the atmosphere, but they were quite naughty. They. <laughs> They were outside the game. Me and, uh, again, regular listeners of the podcast, his name's not Abe, but I'm calling him Abe because he won't tell me his name. But a gentleman that I, that I speak to at Tynecastle, uh, he, we've stood in the plaza and heard this roar. We were like, what's going on? Had a look, and then we hear smashing, and there's Zurich fans throwing bottles around and outside, and we were like, oh, this, we weren't expecting this. And then inside the ground they were yeah they were they were quite naughty but it yeah. kind yeah it, it was all fun but until they threw something it's at a passion for football that they have that yeah. doesn't translate in Scotland I think no. um I'd be interested to know and to speak to fans of other teams in European countries to talk to them about this but it just seems that you support your team in a different way in places in Europe yeah. and they're like that they're a little bit more on the, I guess, spirited side we'll go with. Yeah. Um, especially the pelting 
poor, poor Craig Gordon. We'll stop. Oh. <laughs> That's Scotland's number one. He's a yeah. national treasure. You can't just pelt him with things. I'm a lover, not a fighter, but I wanted to jump over and give him a have a go I was like how dare you hurt hurt our boy that's like our star man don't, that's you, our captain do you not know who he is it's I've never gotten the throwing things at players no. in thing in football but again it's just I think a different way over there than it is over here yeah and I think uh, I, I know we've had previous guests on Daniel from uh, Perth to Paisley who mm-hmm. is a wrestling fan you're a wrestling fan too it feels like they felt like to me wrestling fans that's what they reminded me of like just the shouty the noisy yeah. the randomness and it was just like i tried to explain it to the, one of the old guys i sit next to him i just got that look of in like oh yeah as in like he was agreeing with me but had no clue what i was on about i was it, like yeah i think a lot to do with the way that we are policed over here mm-hmm. um specifically in the way that the police and certain agencies of government and things deal with football fans in scotland is probably a lot more heavy-handed in ways than it is in other countries. And I think that's probably the the difference. Yeah, It's just passion. It's just a different form of passion. And maybe I'll never understand it, but it looks like they're having fun. Yeah, I mean, I'd rather got... they not pelt Craig Gordon because we need them for stuff. But... Yeah, don't you dare do that again. That's a warning to our conference league <laughs> opponents. Don't. Just don't. Anyone but Craig. Yeah, don't. Don't do it. But, I mean, we've got three games that we're able to maybe find out from them because there was a couple of uh, Swiss guys as I was leaving that were walking uh, along Gorgie Road. And I was, uh, it, it would have given the opportunity to set saddle about, but I wasn't, I, I was in a rush to get home. But, I mean, it'd be quite interesting to find out. And onto the conference league, our draw was made. What do you make of the draw we've got? I'm not going to attempt to say the second part of the first team we drew, but Istanbul, Fiorentina, and RFS. I mean, it is a draw, I guess. I'm not. Here's the thing: I watch very little football outside of Hearts. Um, to put this into perspective, I don't even watch Scotland. I'm a Hearts fan, and that's about where football for me tends to be. So my knowledge on like. European teams is I will say lacking at best Uh abysmal (laughs) Um, so I don't really have a lot of strong opinions I think it's probably a decent draw for us Um, I don't think it's the worst we could have drawn from what I was uh, sort of looking at I think Florentina are probably your your big one in that group yeah, I was surprised. I, I was surprised that they weren't that one of the top seeds, and Istanbul were. That was a little bit perplexing, but I think that everyone's saying that RFS could be the whipping boys. But I more find that the unknown NA can sometimes be the dark horse. Yeah, I also think, and no offense to us because I love us, we're we're the bottom team in that. And this isn't, I don't mean to be mean to Hearts or to Scottish football, but out of out of that, we are definitely the worst of the bunch. So you're predicting a tough I'm not, European... T- I'm not being harsh and I'm not saying that we're going to lose every game or anything, but I just don't see us going much further than this. 
and this could be years and years and years of Hearts fan in me. I just don't have that optimism anymore that I see a lot of people have. Um, I've been through some stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen a lot of European football with Hearts that has been questionable at best, basically. I just don't, I don't see Europe, at least this season, being overly successful for us. I think it's a case of you have to start somewhere and build up to being a threat yeah. in a European football space. I don't think we're there yet. So um, what would be a good return points-wise for you, do you think, for Hearts in the Conference League? Tough to say. I think I would like, at the very, very, very least, very, very, very least, because I'll get slagged off for saying this in a while, I want one away win, one home win. Six points, that's, yeah, that's That's where my goal would be set for us. And I understand that it is pessimistic, but I think, at least this season, you have to start with low expectations, get your footing, get third, go back next season and give it another go. Exactly, have that experience and hopefully stick with like the core of this squad so that they've got that experience to go again next season. You've got to build. And I think yeah. that's, what's like, again, what Celtic and Rangers have done. Yeah. Celtic and Rangers haven't gone into the European competition for the first time in, how long has it been for us? Ten? ten... A long time. Too much. Too, too many 2016, years. 2016, I believe, was the last time. So eight years? Eight years. Yeah, eight eight years. years. I should have remembered that um, because of Burke and Cara. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We won't go there. No, it's also that that's the day my dad passed away. Oh. Um, Fun fact, he never missed a single Hearts game because the bugger decided to die because we were on holiday. Uh, He he died before he would have missed his first Hearts game at Tynecastle. There you go. Um, But I think for our first European outing in eight years... I just think we need to go into it with a lot lower expectations than I think people are. And it's fair because you want to be excited for Europe. It's an exciting time and they're fantastic games and it's a great amount of money for us and all of this. I just think start low expectations, get your footing, get an idea of what playing European football is like, and then you plan to be better at it next year and you build from there. Definitely, I, I think that's that's a fair a fair way of looking at it. I, I couldn't, I I don't think it's going to be reaching the semi final or final of the conference league this season. I don't think that's that that that's maybe a couple of seasons down the line. But I think we'll give it a good go. I'd I'd like to end up yeah. third in the group. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. solid third. Maybe try for second if we're really feeling it. But I just, I don't know enough about the three teams to tell you exactly what I think will happen with each of them. Well, RFS I just won their third. league, but the Latvian league isn't the best quality-wise. I mean, they won the league and their stadium only holds a thousand fans, so it kind of tells you about how small it is. It's kind of like I think it's the level's not the greatest. Yeah. Fiorentina are quite a big name in Europe, but they've not been the giants they've ever been. They wouldn't be playing in the Conference League. And then Istanbul, uh, the Tur- Turkish team is always hard to come up against because their fans are absolutely crazy and mental. So they'll create quite a daunting place to go. 
uh, when we play them in the away leg, which, yeah, a bit crazy. I don't blame many people for not wanting to go to Istanbul because it can be quite intimidating. It's a crazy, crazy, crazy place. Um, yeah. I know people who are going because they asked if I wanted to go with them. Um, <laughs> but I am still injured and therefore not allowed to go to any of the European away legs currently. Nuts. Or maybe any of the home games. I'm going to have to figure that one out. Unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately, um, it's kickoff timings and stuff don't quite align with me getting home safely while I'm on two crutches and things like that, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. I can, I can imagine that being pretty tough. That timing. I'll, I'll probably try for at least one or two of them. Yeah. And knowing me, I'll end up going to games and injuring myself further because... I'm not smart. <laughs> I'm a heart. I'm a hearts fan, and I care more about the football team than I usually do my own health. But so Istanbul is a bit of an early one, anyway. So you might make that one. It's quarter to six that kickoff is. Yes, I think that's the most doable out of mm. all of them. But that, um, that's traveling. Yeah, traveling in Edinburgh is a bit of a nightmare. <laughs> so many roads closed, so many diversions and stuff, and it just makes getting home a little bit dicey sometimes yeah that especially i think like you said maybe take doctor's advice on this one and say, <laughs> take it a little bit easy i'm not allowed to go tomorrow i'm still thinking about it <laughs> i'm not supposed to though so so. Uh, so you might be seeing kelly you might not i i'm telling you that i'm not going but if you message me tomorrow at this time, there's a possibility I will actually be there. Right, so, so what you're saying is keep an eye out in the plaza and see if I see you hobbling through. Yeah. Right, deal. Deal. I'll, I'll buy a half-time chocolate bar just in case. Yeah. Just to be safe, though, because I don't want to break the uh, streak that I'm on at the moment. I've not seen a loss since I've been it's... a part of the club. The half-time chocolate is very lucky. No, so it's working. But with the Conference League, we we can say now, now that time of recording, the home tickets are on sale to season ticket holders only, but you can only buy them in a three-ticket package up until Monday, uh, till five o'clock. Then season ticket holders can buy individual games. Uh, so are you just leaving it for a bit to see what happens, or are you... I'll leave it, because I will kick myself for it, even though it is hearts. Uh-huh. And... They get quite a bit of money out of me per month already. Uh, I would kick myself for spending, I think it's £95 where yeah. I'm sat currently, yeah. and then not using it, because it's an awful lot of money in the current times. Definitely. Do you think you might just buy a Istanbul ticket as an individual game? or Most likely. Most likely. That's, Most likely. that's good. I, I'm, I miss both the Fiorentina games, the home and away, because like, I'm not in the country, but Oh. I'm gonna buy the three ticket package and then see if someone wants to. Well, someone already has tell life. Someone has already claimed the Fiorentina ticket, so I think it worked out cheaper to buy the three together. I think it does because I think they're thirty three to thirty six. Yeah, dependent on where you're sat, at least around in my area. So I think it does work out just cheaper. Yeah, I think mine works out thirty one instead of thirty five. So I'm saying yeah. like four quid a ticket, but. It's fine. I'll just go with that. But um, but there's no news yet for the away games. I think it's just waiting because it, it 
lots of people are complaining about it on Twitter, I saw, but what they've got members, they've got, Hearts have got a liaise with three different clubs. Yeah. It's not as easy to just send right all three. That's the info. It's, it's you're talking policing on their side. Yeah. Liaise, liaison with the clubs. Some of them probably have different ways of selling tickets to away fans because yeah. I know some of them like to take details down and things like that. It's just going to be a waiting game. I'm sure they'll hear about it this week. I'm sure you're probably talking about it like Wednesday, maybe Thursday this week. I'd I'd reckon. Exactly. Well, the first away game is not until fifty, so we've got. It's it's fine. I, and from what I've heard, the game the Riga the game in Riga is getting moved to the biggest stadium. <laughs> so I don't think we're gonna struggle I, for tickets. Yeah, I think, I think it'll, be it'll be fine. It'll all work out. It always does. Yeah, I mean, but on that talk of Riga, I'll, if anyone's going to Latvia, keep an eye out because I'll be there somewhere, wondering about. But that's Europe out of the way. Get that out of the way. We had a your return to Tyne Castle on uh, Sunday when we played St Johnston in what I thought should have been a comfortable game. But it was far from it. That's hearts. Yeah. I, Easy I, way, hard way, hearts way. You messaged me that during the game. Yeah. And, and it, that, if there's a way to sum it up a game, that's how to sum it up. It, it was... It was the the way we went behind was just like I get why we were trying to play it that way, but you mean Craig Gordon's first ever mistake in a Hearts jersey? I didn't want to say it, but yeah, <laughs> no, um, he has made mistakes before. Just nothing is glaring as that. I would say, um, it's not necessarily his strong suit. No, I that think... situation. No, and I don't want to blame Craig Gordon because I never want to blame Craig Gordon for everything. He's perfect, um, but he just got caught. It happens. It's football. I'm surprised it hasn't happened before now. <laughs> yeah, I don't like that playing it out from the back. I like just with my keeper get rid of it. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not fond of certain newer tactics in goalkeeping um i'm not a your goalkeeper should be as great with his feet as your last defender is sort of person i'm very much uh i would like my goalkeeper to hoof it up the park which he's good at he's he's great at which he never used to be (laughs) and he's only gotten better with age yeah i think we all have our off days but he made up for it later on anyway because some of the saves he made were Superb as usual. Tipping yeah. that, tipping. I, I remember the one way it was going in top corner and he somehow like flicked it around the post. Like, all's forgiven. He makes world class saves look like the easiest things in the world. Yeah. And he and doesn't he... even get excited when he does them. He just, no. He looks annoyed, if anything, <laughs> that he's had to it's... make the save. Someone said to me once that if you look at Craig Gordon after he's made a save, save he looks like a disappointed dad. Yeah, yeah, he, oh, that's perfect way of describing him. He does. He looks as if like a, his son, is, his son or daughter, has just like done a crap on the floor in the middle of Asda or something, and the, and he's just like, "What are you doing?" Like he looks at the defenses and oh, come on, what have you done that for? Yeah, he furrows his brows a little bit and he just looks like fed up with everything yeah. going on around him. Um, bless him. But I think, I think, I think it was, was it not. A curse of the goals of the first half goal scorers as well. 
I mean, yes, that too. It was a should have been a comfortable game and it wasn't. And the reason it wasn't probably as comfortable as it could have been, other than us making things difficult for ourselves in ways and wonders that are purely hearts, was injuries. Yeah. And I said in the game night Discord that I think hearts may or may not once a season throw a dart at a board and pick a game to pick up six injuries in. Yeah, because did it last season against Dundee United. Dundee United, yeah. yeah. We tend to do this. It seems to just be our luck <laughs> with certain things. We are a team that it's easy to pick the tactic of kick off the park. Yeah, and it would... And, that and that's would... what St Johnston yeah. did. And it, it's led to injuries for us, which are... Quite a blow given our current fixtural situation. And the, and how close it is to the end of the transfer window. We've got like two days to fix the mess that St Johnston created. We've got two days to replace half the team. Yeah. <laughs> and and I mean Rouse's goal or Rolls, Rolls, Rouse. Uh he 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 uh it looked like he took a knock from Mr. McGowan as he went for for the as he scored and then I think from from the minute he went down I, I think most of the ground knew that he'd be coming off yeah. pretty soon he tried to soldier on but didn't happen that, that, that damn going exactly it's all his fault um I haven't had a chance to look at the Hearts article but the uh, STV today said that he'd broken his foot and I don't think that sounds correct. <laughs> No, no. They were like, he's broken his foot and he'll be out for eight weeks. And I was like, that doesn't sound right. I think it was his metatarsal. It's his metatarsal. That's, That's what fine. I believe on reading. And, but then I heard lots and lots of uh, rumours about Boyce as well, which... Boyce? Of, of the severity of, of, of what his injury was, but... So, Boyce, and I don't know if Hearts has said it in as many words but I believe Boyce has done to his knee what he did to his knee last season when yeah. he was out for the six months Yeah. Um, I'm not entirely sure if Hearts have confirmed that or what because I again haven't read the article, I haven't had a chance today um, however that was supposed to keep him out for a year last season and he got better in six months Do you so, think that's why he put on his tweet I'll see you sooner than you think I think so. Certain players have, I guess, certain injuries that they're better rehabbing than others. Not to make another wrestling reference, um, John Cena and his um, shoulder injury that could have and should have kept him out for a year but only lasted four months and he came back to the Royal Rumble. That's, I think, Boyce and the knee injury. I think he must just know exactly what he's done and how to rehab it properly. And yeah. with the amount of professionals around them, especially at Hearts, we've got a fantastic backroom team when it comes to injuries and stuff. They are world-class. Um, I think he probably knows better himself than the speculation of, like, he'll be out for a year or whatever. I'm sure he knows better himself. Definitely. It's just a shame that it's happened in the last year of his contract as well. It is. Um, I love boys. I think he's a fantastic player and I think he gets quite a hard rap because he maybe doesn't necessarily finish as many balls as he should. Um, But I think he opens up 
that half of the park for us really, really, really well in a way that when we lost them last time, we missed very desperately. And I think we will miss very desperately now. I think that the people that slander him will suddenly realise what he does on the pitch when we haven't got him. I think there will be they will suddenly be like, oh, hold on, we're missing that creative spark from him and the way he creates for other players and stuff. I just think, yeah. But his goal was a good goal. It was good for Ginelli. Um, I love Josh. Really? Not many people do. Here's the thing. I think, I don't think he's a starting 11 player all of the time. There's a couple of players I feel like this with Hearts currently. Um, Halliday's another one. Sometimes I feel this way about Haring. I think there are certain games that are just not meant for them. That they just don't necessarily settle into well and they don't do well because of the way the opposition play. I, For me, Ginelli's one of those players that sometimes he has absolutely genius games and I wouldn't get rid of him because of it. I think you need him in certain games because he does something that most of our other players don't do. Yeah, and I think now with Boyce being out, I don't think we can afford to get rid of him either. We can't. Um, He's not a one-on-one replacement for Boyce, but he at least does, I think, about 80% of what Boyce does. And we have to kind of be good with that. Even if you do and we'll talk about it later, get somebody in to replace Boyce, you still need Ginelli as your backup. Definitely. I, I think I think that, that that's where we, we're going to have to utilise him for the rest of the season, I think. Definitely. What was the St Johnston player doing for the penalty? <laughs> what, why would he? Well, he didn't even need to do it. We are exactly in line with that, where I am. And it was completely baffling I don't know what he was thinking. I think he pretty much just thought if Danny Mackay gets a shot off, maybe he'll score? Question mark on that one because of his positioning. But he made a, a silly, silly move and it cost them. Yeah, Shanklin was never missing that. There was a guy behind me that was going, oh no, he's going to miss. And I was like, shush. Here's the just thing. Shush. I am that guy. Oh, because I have seen so many hearts penalties over the years and so many penalty takers that I no longer, until I've seen somebody score penalties at least six or seven times, have the ability to be okay about it. If you talk to me whenever we get to any penalty shootout ever, it's not good. Um, that's, that's fair. I hate penalty shootouts, so I'm always hate looking. I'm, I have trauma from the 2006 Cup winning penalty shootout against Gretna because I was 10 or whatever, 10 years old then. And at that moment in time, I was pretty sure we were going to lose that Cup to Gretna because we had been awful on penalties all year. (laughs) Robbie Nielsen specifically, um, the, the anxiety never has gone away since then. It's been with me ever since. I get anxious for penalty shootouts that don't involve hearts now. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do it anymore. Yeah, they, they, they're meant to be exciting, but I never find them exciting. I'm always 
bit nervy, a bit too nervous. But I mean, we also lost another injury, Nat Atkinson. Oh, Natty. I just hated that it, it, he, it, it was when he went down on the pitch and then they took him off to like run it off and he just crumpled right. It was pretty much in line with me and I was just like, I felt gutted for him the way he just went down. It was like, poor I'm, guy. I'm so glad he seems to be okay and might be back for Livy. No way. I've heard according to uh, um, what they hear on SCV. Again, I'm not entirely sure I trust SCV news all the time with us. Um, but they did seem to think, Nielsen seemed to think at least, that he might be back for Livy. Um, I'd be happy with that. Which I would take. I was horrified for like, until today about it, because I think that he's really, really coming to his own. And I think he had a great game um, on Sunday. I think compared to where he was when he first came to us. I think he's coming on leaps and bounds and I don't want him to have to take a break because with some players especially at his young age the like couple of weeks off for an injury to a month couple of months whatever can really make quite a dent in their progress and I would really really love for the laddie to to continue to grow as he has. Especially when he's just got into Australia team and stuff. Yeah. Don't want that dipping down. I mean, as much as I'm not a fan of this year's World Cup, but it's a big thing for him obviously to I, play in the World Cup. But I desperately want the money we will get for having three World Cup starters. <laughs> yeah, that, that, I can welcome that. But um, yeah. I know Devlin hasn't been in the Australia team before, but I am absolutely certain that he deserves to be there. Yeah, if he keeps playing how he, how he has done. Fantastic. It, yeah, he's been, the last couple of games he's in my opinion, he's been one of the better players for us the last like three or four games. So he's just like a a wee Jack Russell. Yes, I, that's exactly it. He is just, a, all, not the Tasmanian Devil. He's just a wee Jack Russell. He's all energy and bark. So much bark. <laughs> so excitable and enthusiasm. I love him so much. Yeah. It's the the way I discovered that that was Ryan McGowan in the 86th minute was because he picked Devlin up by the back of his shirt and Devlin didn't swing for him. I think if it was anyone else, then yeah, it we might have seen another booking or a red card. The uh, noise that the section around us made was, oi, and then suddenly, oh, sorry, Ryan. That's <laughs> <laughs> Ryan McGowan, that's fine. He can do whatever he wants to those wee Australian laddies. That's fine. Back on. That's fine. We also got uh, a treat before the game. Uh, new signing. I'm gonna try his name here. Orestes Kiyomotoglu. I've got this. Orestes Kiyomotoglu. Um, I spent 20 minutes earlier looking it up so we wouldn't mess it up. Yeah, I've got it on there because Barry Anderson from the Edinburgh Evening News broke it down into like how to say it phonetically. So I've been sitting there pronounce it Kiyomotoglu. I'm pretty happy with it. Midfielder. He is a big man yeah, from first impressions, which is nice because may not be the world's largest team. No, not at all. But he's also, he's he's, did you hear his interview where he says, I like sliding and tackling? Oh, Brilliant. he's going to get sent off immediately. <laughs> oh, no, don't. don't. 
no. I thought, and I thought, oh, that's great. And then I thought about it and the concept of playing Rangers, Celtic, Hibs, Aberdeen, and I was like, ah. He's going to get a we're couple good of at playing with ten men, though. We're great at playing with ten tonight. <laughs> yeah, but he's, there was a few people uh, around me complaining another midfield player, but I think he's different. He's he's kind of like a tall Roy Keane, I, I, from what I've seen, that he gets so stuck in. And... He can also play centre back. Ah. If I remember correctly. I read up a little bit about him. He scored a fair I... few goals as well from the YouTube highlights I was watching of him as well. Yeah, he seems like well, a decent enough player, I would say. Mm. I mean, I know the team he was playing with last season. Heracles. Her- Heracles yeah. um, were relegated. But from what I've read up on, it seems like he might have been a, a shining part of their season. Yeah, well, we paid, uh, I believe... Uh, a six-figure sum, so he, he can't be that bad. I don't think Robbie and Joe Savage just will throw money at anything, so obviously, I think they have seen something in him, and I'll trust them with it, because exactly. they've not been incorrect so far. No, I'm I'm fully on board. If they, if they sign somebody, I'm giving them a chance. I'm not going to write them off before they've even stepped on the pitch. The only thing is his visa... We're still waiting on his visa to go through, so I'm not sure if we'll see him in either of this week's games. It might be a little bit too early for him just yet, but I think you'll probably see him next week. I would reckon. Yeah, I don't think we'll. But talking of this week's games, we've got a game as of recording. It's now Tuesday. We've got a game tomorrow night against Kilmarnock in the Premier Sports Cup second round. Uh, it, if, if this kind of game is, is it? In my opinion, it's a game where we try out some of our depth. Let's see some of the players, like Ewan Henderson kind of mm-hmm. names. I think it's it, perfect for him. And Lewis Nielsen, get him back on the pitch oh, after his absolutely. great game on Sunday. Man the match performance. I think it's time for him, time for those kind of players to shine. He looked a little bit nervy, Nielsen, on, um, on Sunday, but he settled in really, really well, which I'm pleased to see because it means hopefully he won't need to a big adjustment period to just slide into what he needs to do, which with the amount of injuries we pick up on a yeah, <laughs> weekly basis. quite built as well, I yeah. found. He, 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 looked, he, he reminded me of an old, of a stereotypical old-fashioned centre-back. It just he looks, looks like, like handsome Squidward. <laughs> <laughs> I've been, I, I think I saw a tweet about it. Oh or my. somebody messaged me about it, and I can't unsee him now as handsome Squidward. <laughs> oh, right. If, if, any, if anyone's got a Photoshop and someone could put Lewis Nielsen's head on Squidward, then yeah. make it happen. <laughs> very handsome man. He's very, very strong looking, very built, which and I think we also need. He was quite composed as well. I found he, he wasn't scared of trying to, like, instead of just hoofing the ball away, he'd try and look where to pass it, and he wasn't scared of, like, taking the mick out of St. Johnston players, which. Was brilliant. Love it. I think. I I hope that from what we've seen so far, I hope that's just how he is. For yeah, the rest of the season. I think so. I think he. I think seeing the start that Kilmarnock have made this season, they've not been that good. Hopefully, he'll. It, it should be a game that he'll own the the back line. Hopefully, on uh, Wednesday night. And uh, what do you think the score is going to be tomorrow? So, I think I said earlier, I have certain thoughts about the League Cup. 
specifically not all the time. I want to make it clear. I have specific thoughts about the League Cup this season for us. And it is in the manner that I don't think that we need to perform in it. No. We've got that much else going on that I'll be honest, the League Cup would be the very bottom of my priority list right now. Um, I think we'd beat Kilmarnock. I haven't seen them this season. Um, not like properly enough to give you like a an analysis about how I think they're shaping up. I think we'll probably make it as difficult for ourselves as possible because Hearts in the League Cup tend to do that sometimes. Yeah. Um, we're very, very good at making things difficult for ourselves. I think maybe you're talking 2-1 Hearts. 2-1 Hearts. That's a fair shout. I've gone 2-0. Um, that's fair. I think that it'll depend on the team he plays. I have heard that Kingsley's back tomorrow, allegedly. That'd be good. But it depends if he rests Craig Gordon or not. That depends on my score. If Stuart starts, I think it could be 2-1. Craig Gordon's not conceding if he plays. I think that Craig Gordon resting is not a thing that Craig Gordon necessarily likes to do. Nah, I can imagine it's sitting in the stand raging that he's not on the pitch. I think tomorrow would probably be a good game to rest him. But I also think Craig might be in the twilight of his career in a way that involves him getting as many games as possible in. Yeah. Uh, because he's got records to beat and whatnot, I'm assuring. Yeah. I'm, I'm also pretty sure that Craig Gordon just enjoys playing. Oh, definitely. <laughs> any and all games. Yeah. Um, I don't actually think that if we did rest him, that Ross Stewart would do as badly. I've changed my mind a little bit on him since the Celtic game. Yeah, you impressed then. Because I think action, actually, I don't think he's a bad keeper. I think he gets a poor rap because he's just not getting game time. And I think maybe with a little bit of game time, he might actually be a better keeper than people are giving him um, record for. Because I think he played well at the Celtic game. Yeah, yeah, he pulled off some really good Um, saves. I think it's just a case of he knows he's never going to get a game because of Craig Gordon. Not a chance. No, he's he's Um, not going to take the starting position of him. I also am pretty sure he's aware that he's not, gonna ever get a game because we know who Craig Gordon's replacement's gonna be and it's not it's not Ross Stewart. It's um it's definitely Harry Stone and I think Ross is probably very aware of where he lies in terms of goalkeeping at hearts. Um I think it would be a chance to rest Craig but if Craig wants to continue on I don't think you say no to him playing. No, not a chance. Not a chance. But we've got uh, a preview from the other side of the support. Uh, we've got a Kilmarnock fan and his views on how he thinks the game's going to go and who we should look out for. Hello there, it's Martin Wall, a Kilmarnock season ticket holder and a long-suffering one, may that be. One uh, player that you will be uh, familiar with, uh, you Jambos, will be Kyle Lafferty. Uh, hasn't hit the heights this season. Um, not quite got there, but on his day, I'm sure you probably agree. You know, he's he's a good finisher. He certainly is the best finisher uh, in the Kilmarnock squad as well. 
Um, you know, he'd proven that when he got 13 and 13 um, in his in his first stint. And then, you know, he came in in the championship. And again, you know, his goal record was amazing. Just hasn't quite hit it so far uh, this season. Um, it's been snatching at chances, but it only takes him to get that one chance and he'll be on a run again. So maybe, maybe it will be the... Uh, the Jambos that he may score his first goal against the season. So, yes, one to look out for. Uh, another one to look out for in the box is Ash Taylor. Um, probably, um, you know, Hearts fans will be familiar with him when he was with Derek McInnes at um, Aberdeen. He's a player that scores big goals for us in big games. Um, and since he came in in January, I think he's played something like 20 games. And I think he's got like seven goals now. So, again, that just shows um, what a great record he has. I mean, he's got... Um, he scored the equaliser in the all-important game against Arbroath. Um, also scored uh, the last-minute goal with a fantastic finish um, you know, on the volley against Dundee United on the opening day. Uh, and then got us a crucial late winner at the weekend there against Motherwell. So definitely one to watch out for in the box um, you know, as, a, as an attacking threat. Um, and also he's, he's quite good in the air defensively. So you know, he'll put himself about. So definitely another danger uh, to look out for there. Um, and I would say the third one, oh, I don't know, Alan Powers, as usual, self likes a booking, but you know, he keeps busy. But one to look out for, I would have to say, probably our new left back, you know, only played the one game, but a very, very good player. Well thought of by um, Stephen Gerrard at Aston Villa. Um, I think they paid one and a half million for him. Uh, made his debut at fifteen. Very composed on the ball. Hit the crossbar on his debut uh, at the weekend. There, a very good player. So yeah, probably one to look out for. And also Ryan Abusi on the right with his pace will be certainly a danger. Um, so they're probably the f- three or four key players I would say. Um, unfortunately, Jordan Jones ain't playing. He's injured, and Zach Hemming our number one's injured. So they would have been two players to have watched out for as well. But um, yeah, so that's that's probably my roundup on the danger men to look out for. In terms of the prediction, I'm gonna go for a. Ooh, I'm gonna have to say I'm gonna I'm gonna have to say it's gonna take an extra time. I think it's one of the it goes to penalties now, doesn't it? So we're gonna go one one, and I'm gonna go for Kyle Lafferty to score. Um, seeing as he hasn't scored yet, and it's against the Jambos. Um, Shankland will score for you because he's playing against Kelly, being a former A United player. Um, so he's bound to score, and I reckon because we're so crap at penalties, we're going to actually win on penalties. So there you go. That's my roundup for the game. Enjoy. Right, so we've got another game on Saturday. Uh, Livingston away. We touched on it, uh, but Kingsley might be back. But I'm going to the game, and I'm uh, still. I I don't know why I've decided to go because any time I've been to Livingston away, it's been a bit disappointing from a Hearts perspective. We've not. I've, I've not seen us win there, let's just put it that way. Um, again, not to draw out the thing I've said several times, the easy way, the hard way and the hearts way. And there are certain teams that hearts love to play the hearts way against. Livingston is very much one of those teams. Yeah. Um, especially because I don't think you can really fault David Martindale's um Livingston team all that much at least in recent seasons I don't think they've started off as well as they could have this season in places um just from what I've seen I've not again 
I don't spend my time studying Livingston, but I think they are a pretty decent team to come up against. Yeah, they, and, and you're right, they do seem to be a team that has quite a few teams, bogey teams, but they just never seem to beat the teams around them. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, like they can take points off us and Celtic, but then they don't beat the teams that they really should be beating. So I'm hoping that trend is bucked this weekend and that I'm eating eating my words and that I go and see like a rampant Hearts performance, but something tells me I'm not. So I've gone with a nil-nil prediction. I think we'll beat them 1-0. But I think it will be the scrappiest goal that we score this season. Okay, like enough someone's ass or something. Oh god, yeah. Yeah. Just real, real scrappy. Yeah, not uh, it's not gonna be a um Barry Mackay against Livingston at home kind of goal. It's just gonna be a scrappy, horrible I don't game. I don't think so. I think the ad is a hard place to play. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't I I just find it's a I don't know what it is about it. It, it it's an it's just one of those new purpose-built bog-standard grounds, but there's something about it that is just like, oh, I don't like it here. I don't like being here. So I can imagine that's what the players feel like. Yeah, I also think um, it's just, Livy's a strange ground. It's very Scottish. Yeah. It's next to a shopping so a leisure centre, and it's all very, like, you don't get many grounds like that outside of Scotland. It's just, like, it's the centre of Livy and I think it's a hard place to come up against because the Livy fans are very 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 passionate usually and loud and they've got their like um I'm gonna call them a young team yeah the one section in the corner isn't it yeah Yeah. I don't know if they're a singing section or if they're a a young section if you know what I mean like I don't (laughs) I don't know necessarily I haven't recently been looking at their ages sort of thing um (laughs) Because you get either like a singing section, which is made up of people like our age, like your 20 pluses, and then you get your young team, which is like 14 year old children with a drum. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure from what I remember they are. I so, think they're. Yeah, I think they're the young. 14 uh, with a drum. That's yeah. not to discourage them. I think that that is great in Scottish football. I like when um, teams have like a a group that bring up the atmosphere. And it's for and the future as well. It is. I'm not it's necessarily good. saying I would like it at hearts because God the drum goes through my head sometimes. Yeah, no, but thank you. It's fun to see and it's good to see that there are young people out there supporting their teams. But I think specifically because of how badly they were beaten by Aberdeen, I think it's then a Livingston case of they need to produce a result and they either produce a result against think they're Dundee United in the cup this week I'm pretty sure you're right I I think they're Dundee United um, in the league cup what is going on with my I've I've got the fixtures up here but my phone has decided to jump they are are. yeah Dundee United United. Um, I think that after being beaten so heavily by Aberdeen they have to produce a result in one of the next two games. And it's either us or it's Dundee United that take that from them. Please be tomorrow night. I hope it's Dundee United because a Livingston team under Martindale who have something to prove are a really, really, really difficult opponent to come up against. Yes, yeah, dangerous. Yeah. 
they are very vicious when they need to be. Um, I also think that they have quite a decent team, as far as I remember. Like, I don't think there's any players there that are necessarily, like, easy to beat. No. And, and um, it's, it's a club where we've taken some of their players from from in the past. So, and, and, so they're obviously hard to view them as a decent team or we wouldn't be taking players such as Halkett away from them and stuff, so... Yeah, I they I think they've got um Concalvis, don't they? Yeah. Ismail. Yeah. It's I think they're a very, very good side. I don't think again, I don't think they're the best in the league or anything. It's all to be contentious with Scottish football and all that. But I think they're one of the more difficult teams for us to come up against. Yeah, they're like workhorses. They they get they're always a tough cookie to go from against. They're not a walkover. You never go into a Livingston game thinking, right. No. That's three points. Especially with the injuries that we're currently carrying. Yeah, and, um, unless in the next two days we bring in like-for-like replacements of the players we've lost. That can also get visas on time. Oh, oh yeah, visas <laughs> are a big thing. thing. Big thing. Well, on um, the living front, we've also got a Livingston fan who is going to give us their point of view on how they think Saturday is going to go and who we should look out for. Hi there, Ewan here, Livingston season tick holder and one of the hosts of the Talk Livy podcast. For the game on Saturday, Hearts will probably need to be wary of Joel Nubley. Joel started the season very well with some kind of high-profile performances against Rangers, Hibs, Dundee United uh, and some of our better displays at this point in the season. So he can be quite a handful, very physical, very good at taking players on in tight areas of the park. So depending whereabouts he'll play if he's the predominant number nine or if Bruce Anderson's available certainly can be a threat as a nine or in the wide areas so he's someone Hearts only you keep an eye out for but in terms of score prediction Hearts have got a few injuries just now certainly defensively so I fancy us to get a result but I do think Hearts are a very good side and fancy them to finish third I reckon we'll probably manage to get a draw we'll finish one each which would be a, a pretty positive result for Livingston. Um, thank you very much for that, to both the Killy and Livingston fan for that. Uh, we are now on the last part of the podcast uh, where we're going to talk about the door that is going to slam shut in a couple of nights' time, the transfer window. Uh, what positions do you think we need to strengthen in? Not players who do you think we're going to be, just what positions, because... With Joe Savage and Robbie Nielsen, I think it's pretty much impossible to predict who they're going to bring in. Honestly? Yeah. All of them. <laughs> and this is most likely because of the fixtures we've got coming up and how crowded, because of the World Cup included, yeah. the next. I would honestly say that if you want to be serious about this season and next season in Europe and Cup games, and you kind of have to have a backup for every single position and then you need a backup to your backup too um which would i would probably think you need two players for every position and then at least another player in your squad that can cover two to three positions yeah that's fair someone who's a little bit of a he can they can multitask they can fill in at say center back center mid or even right back left back for instance i've picked that i think we need at least five i think we need a center back now that Boyce is missing, I put two strikers, 
someone yeah. who can play the number 10 because at the moment I think we've only really got George Grant who can do that role and once he's gone I don't know who and as bad as this is going to sound I still think we need a backup keeper I think we need a third keeper I don't think we can go on just Ross Stewart my, and Craig my thoughts on keeper depends on what hearts are doing with Harry Stone currently I think he's so, out I swear there's I swear there's rumors that he's could go out and loan. My thing here is it's the decision on Harry Stone with goalkeeper specifically because Harry Stone is 20 now. And to me, that is the age that you bring him in. You don't put him out on loan. You see how it is until January, I would say, and then you make your choice then because I don't think... We've got the B team now. He's keeping our goalkeeper for the B team or the, you know... I think with him, you wait till January, you see how things are going for us, League Cup, all of that wise. Then you make your choice about if you put him out on loan for those last six months or if you start to bring him into games. Because you have to start giving him game time in the Hearts first team within the next year or so. Because a lot of young keepers don't get that chance because of how long established keepers go on for. I have a lot of feelings about this. Craig Gordon is retiring from the next let's say three years Definitely. right you need Harry Stone to be Craig Gordon ready within those three years unless you're selling him and if you're selling him you need to bring a backup keeper in who is going to replace Craig Gordon yeah we need a successor and here's the thing and I'm sure a lot of longtime Hearts fans will remember this because I certainly do Craig Gordon did not start off as the keeper he is today his first couple of games for Hearts were not in any way great. You saw the spark, but he wasn't the Craig Gordon you know and love today. Yeah. Hell, when he left us for Sunderland, he wasn't the Craig Gordon you know and love today. And in order to bring Harry Stone to a level of goalkeeping that we all know he can reach, because the laddie has got some talent on him, he's fantastic, in order to bring him up there and to get him, if you want him to reach anywhere near where Craig is in his current day, you need to bring him in within the year. If you wait until he's 21, 22, your window's gone. I honestly would have preferred him to have started, to maybe have played a couple of games for us if we had been in the League Cup group stages this year. That's when I would have started to bring him in. Because I think Ross Stewart is a great second keeper. I don't think he's as bad as people make him out to be. We've been over this. But if something happens to Craig, woe betide, knock on wood, pray to the God, nothing does. But if something happens to Craig, Ross Stewart would then be your replacement immediately and Harry Stone's your second. But I would really rather you bring Harry on now so if something happens to Craig, he can jump because he deserves to. He's really, really, really talented and from the sort of write-up he got from his loan last season, yeah, Albion Rovers. Albion Rovers and stuff. I think he also um, was he at Partick at some point. Yeah, he was there as well. Yeah. He got a lot of high praise, and I think the only way to the level he can be at is if you bring him in soon. Yeah. And I think signing another keeper, if you're going to do that, is a waste of money. Unless something happens to Craig. Yeah, that's it. That's that, I think that's, that's the big if. Thing. If it happens, something does happen, then it could be different. Although I do think 
Craig Gordon, and I know he had the um, the hip injury that took him out for the two years where he kind of re- retired, and then he came back and he went to Celtic. I actually think in terms of um, players at risk of injury, despite the fact he is... I'm not going to call him an old man. Just He's a man of many, many, many years of experience. Yeah. I don't think he's actually high up on your injuries list potential. Like, I don't think Craig Gordon has a high risk of potential injuries, specifically with the style in which he goalkeeps and the way that he positions himself and the way that he goes for those massive long diving stage uh, saves. If you watch him, he puts a lot more pressure on the palm of his hand instead of the fingers, which a lot of keepers these days um, aim for fingers, and that's how you end up with keeper injuries and kind of things. Craig's very, very, very careful as a goalkeeper. Um, and I think that probably puts him down your injury list. I think we need to strengthen at the back because I think Halkett's coming back soon. Yeah, I think... I that... hear he's in training running away. Yeah, well, he was at the game on Sunday uh, as a spectator and he... I saw him just as I came up into the concourse. He was walking through the car park, and there was no visible limp or anything. So I'm guessing he's so nearer, nearer I than we think. Don't know who said it to me, but somebody did, um, and I I think I do know who, but I'm not gonna out my inside sources. I believe he's been back in training, and he may be back next week. Right, but then he um, did return earlier than we thought during pre-season, so it it could be another surprise. And it's, would I think it, would it surprise gets... you if he turned up yesterday or tomorrow on the bench? No, not particularly. No. I think, given the nature that his injury wasn't serious, if tomorrow would be time for him to get 10 minutes in before the Livy game, just to see if he can, That's it. then I would give it to him. In the same way that I would give Kingsley time to, tomorrow. Um, yeah, maybe not I... the full 90, but it with Kingsley maybe half, give him a half, and then give uh, Halkett 15, 10, 15 minutes just to just to get him that yeah. exposure on the pitch. I'm not calling tomorrow's game a throwaway game, but I'm, I'm still ranking it the lowest of importance. Oh, yeah. And I think you just give players you think might need minutes and a run around that time tomorrow. Exactly. Because exactly. I don't think we're, we've got any players that I wouldn't want on the pitch. Mm, actually, I've said that. Perhaps I wouldn't be as strong about Civic in places, but I'm a bit confused about how I feel about him at the minute. Um, yeah, I think I don't I mean, think he's a bad player. I just think he's a young player that needs time on the pitch in a certain kind of setup that might not be something we can give him. Yeah, I predict that his morale and stuff isn't the highest at We're, the moment. It, playing him out of position a lot as yeah. well and I don't think that's good for him either Tomorrow's the game to play him in his preferred position, chuck him in the centre midfield and if he has if he doesn't perform in the centre midfield then you can say right we've given you a shot in your, in your preferred position and it still didn't work out, I'm... then maybe but I wouldn't, I can't, don't think we can write him off when he's playing out of position no, he's, he's a young laddie playing out of position. And I'm, again, sure that Robbie Nielsen sees something in him that I don't yeah. currently in that position. I'm sure Robbie has a great plan. And but he works with him every day. He you sees know, something. We don't, we don't. We see him. We see them for an hour and a half, maybe three hours a week. Yeah. Where he sees him day in, day out. Robbie's There's... not in a position he's in for no, for no reason. No, 
there's something going on there. I'm sure Robbie will know what he's doing. He does know what he's doing. I just sometimes think in certain games that now is not the time to be trying Civic no. out there. No. I think I would give him the run out in his preferred position tomorrow and see how he settles in there and if he's less nervy. It seems to be a lot of Civic's mistakes and stuff don't come from he doesn't know what he's doing. A lot of them seem to come from just a bit of nerves and a little bit of inexperience yeah. here. I don't think it's something that can't be taught to him or anything. I think he just needs the time. I just don't think necessarily that some of the time that Robbie has given him is the time to no. be doing that. Celtic and Rangers was not the time to just throw someone in the deep end and be like, in you go. I not, get... I've not given you a rubber ring or armbands, no. but just try and That's swim. Fine. <laughs> I get with the injuries that we've had that sometimes it was a necessity in yeah. places. I just think that there are maybe, well, actually now we're back to having those injuries, maybe now, but I think there's maybe a time and a place and this might not be it. No, um, definitely not. I think we're, well, I was going to say I think we're pretty solid in the midfield. Yeah, we've got quite a lot. We're quite chunky in midfield. We've got quite a lot depends. of It depends. It depends. Because Benny will be coming back and then we're saved um but God, now, we've got, now, <laughs> we've, now, we've, now we've got four players that play in that kind of position your thing about that one is is our midfielders seem to pick up a ton of little knocks yeah yeah and if you lose let's say well benny's still out so if at this point even with um the new signing i think if you lost harring or devlin or harring and devlin god forbid you're in trouble oh yeah we're knackered. you're in real trouble yeah and so i think maybe we could do with a player that can do more than midfield. Maybe isn't necessarily a midfielder, but a right back that can maybe slip in or something like that. Like how Michael Smith was before he picked up injuries and lost his pace. That kind of person. Where Smith, you could yeah. fill in in midfield, but now he's more comfortable at the back. And we Smith, know that's where it's... Yeah, Smith has hit what I like to call the dad age. Oh, he's brilliant. I love he him. He is. I love him so much. He is the dad of the football club. Yeah, he is. It, to me, he's Mr. Hearts at the moment. He's, yes. Yeah, he can do no wrong in my eyes anyway. He's wonderful. Yeah. Um, occasionally, you notice that he's a bit slower than he used to be, but Thanks. he's still got some set of legs on him. Uh, I, 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 yeah, I don't. If anyone has a bad word against Michael Smith, you know where I am. I would I necessarily fight, probably but... list him as most likely to get injured. Yeah, I, I, yeah um, Paul Smith, he's great. And he, he, another great thing, I was waiting on a lift home on Sunday and mm-hmm. uh, he was leaving and he had his wife and two young children in the back of the car and he still stopped for what felt like an eternity and spoke with loads of kids outside Tyne Castle and posted pictures, which he didn't need to do when he's got his family with him, which I thought, that's class. And as did Boyce... Mm-hmm. When Boyce was obviously in a bit of pain, he still took the time out. Hats it's off. My favourite thing about this current Heart Squad, and actually a lot of Heart Squads previously too, is that we are so much of a family club and everybody is so nice and so lovely. And it's great to see that we have a team that interact with the fans and love the yeah. fans as much as the fans love them. It kind of ties back in how we said that Hearts is like one big family. It's not just the fan base. It's it, it, it's, it, yeah, it's from the bottom all the way all the to way the top. Up. Yeah, love it. I think um, that is a perfect way to tie a ribbon on it. Yeah. I think that's brilliant. 
that that is that that epitomizes where we are at the moment as a club. It's a, definitely a family club, and I think there's lots of teams, me included, with my my team, my hometown team back in England, where yeah, and other clubs are envious of how how at the feeling at Hearts at the moment. Yeah, I think so. But I want to thank you tons for filling in at short notice for my comrade Anas, which I hope uh, he's enjoying his break. Um, but any time, and I would definitely have any, you any time. You're more than welcome to come on if you want to come on. Oh, absolutely! I can give you an entire episode just talking about goalkeepers. <laughs> oh, well, that, well, when we, when international break, okay, goalkeeper special. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's, it's up to you. You don't have to. But oh, no, do you, you mind can, being I found would... on Twitter? I yeah, go ahead. Go for it. Uh, I am at. Trampire Hippo on Twitter currently. So T R A M P I R E H I P P O. There we go. So if you want to uh, follow for some good wrestling chat and Stranger Things chat at the moment uh, and hearts, go give Hippo a follow. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, no doubt have you back on for sure. I'll be able to twist Anas's arm, I'm sure. After <laughs> listening, he'll be like, yeah, we need more goalie chat but thank you very much and I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I have and I hope that everyone listening has enjoyed it have you got anything more you want to add or are you done? No, no okay. good Grant, thank you well, for having me not a problem, thank you very much and we'll see you next week same place, I would say same time but we just put it out whenever we can be bothered <laughs> uh, but yeah, thanks, bye